Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchard. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello and welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. I'm your host, Moses Bratchard, with Grace Evans. We have breaking news for you this afternoon on the Family Beacon Podcast. Grace, fill us in. I am officially a college senior, Moses. What? Ah! Oh, that was a famous bump, but, <laughs> but I, yeah. That's I can't so believe cool. it, honestly. So this morning at 8 a.m., I took my last final, Moses, and let me tell you, woo, it was on systematic theology, and I'm oh not boy. a systematic theologian. And I went into it, and when I first started, I was like, I'm going fa- to fail this. I'm going to fail this. But then I submitted it, and a lot of it was multiple choice, and guess what? I got all of the multiple choice questions right. You got your grade back already? Well, I got all the multiple choice questions. There's a few essay questions, but I always do find the essay questions. So I might have aced that final. Wow. And I am not a, I am not a systematic theologian. Nice. Thanks. Okay. Fist bump yeah. again for that. So that's, that's so the exciting. breaking news. Yeah. I can now officially be full time. I'm so pumped. Yes. Grace will yep. be full time with Minnesota Family Council, which means more great content from us. Mm-hmm. I should also say congratulations to our other, uh, all of our graduating seniors and, um, and other kids who are just done with another year of school, especially our videographer, Jack Bittner, who has finished all his in-person classes at the University of Northwestern. Just one more class to go before graduation online. So we're really proud of you, Jack, as well, and grateful for your work. I have um, let my hair down, as Moses said. He walked in today and he was like, Grace, you let your hair down. And I was like, does it look bad? She didn't know what the <laughs> phrase meant. And he was like, no, you just, you've chilled out a little bit. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I was dying for like three weeks. <laughs> this sounds like I'm like so ultra critical of you most of the time, which is not true. <laughs> I'm a little bit critical. I feel like, I feel like I'm more critical of you. Uh, I feel like that. <laughs> I feel like that as well. And I'm, I'm sure that's going to shock our audience. <laughs> Anyways, that's the breaking news for you guys. Okay. <laughs> However, we also have some, some, actual, some, actual some actual news to talk about yeah. today, right, Moses? So Moses um, is great at following elections. It's one of his hobbies, and he's also just really great at it. And that's good because it's part of his job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, we re- recently, the GOP convention, the 22 GOP convention was held, right, Moses? And I know that yes. you tracked it pretty closely. Can you tell us? Um, when it was held and where it was held. Absolutely. So this is a big deal. It's kind of like the, you know, the the kickoff event for the political year. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we have the midterm election coming up in uh, coming up this fall. So the question facing the GOP delegates when they met in Rochester uh, this past weekend is who uh, which candidates uh, specifically for statewide office are going to receive the endorsement of the party. Um, so, uh, that, that's governor, uh, secretary of state, attorney general, and state auditor. Uh, the convention does other things, but those, those were the main things. So let me just, um, uh, yeah. So then there ended up being nine different ballots, but they eventually did decide on a candidate. So that's pretty Wow. Yeah. I saw that there were a lot of ballots, like a lot of different rounds. How exactly does that work? Yeah. Well, there were nine rounds because... Essentially, uh, this is for the you know, the gubernatorial race mm-hmm. uh, for like uh, state uh, state auditor. There was one candidate, and he was just endorsed right away. But for governor, there were so many candidates yeah. uh, at the convention um, that and that lots of supporters. So they had to they had to keep doing these ballots. And and the way that it worked is they were voting electronically. The delegates and the delegates were chosen at the local conventions. Mm. 
and uh, and the c- candidates for those were cho- chosen at the BPOU convention, uh, the BPOU meetings, which I did go to, and then I stopped participating. What is BPOU? BPOU stands mm-hmm. for Basic Political Operating Unit. Okay. I don't know if other states do that, or even if mm-hmm. the uh, I'm not sure that the Democrats do that here in Minnesota. But that's what the Republicans call their smallest unit of political organization. And you went to those meetings. I did go cool. to the one. Um, wow. I did go to the one in my area. So, uh, but then I th- then there's various events, and I just had a baby, so I didn't go. Yeah. I, maybe I could have been a delegate. Who knows? You probably uh, could have been. Honestly, yeah. That would have been fun. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, um, there's the delegates are pledged to to support various candidates. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're only pledged to support that candidate on the first ballot. Okay. So so how we're, so Paul Gazelka has this many pledged delegates and um, Scott Jenkins has this many pledged delegates and then they see what the count is and that's the first count. And then now for each of the candidates, if they get less than twenty percent of the vote, they are they are eliminated and they don't have to drop out of the race as we'll see, but that generally means that they have less of a chance uh, doing so. Um, going into the um, Convention. Most people would have said that the leading candidates were um, Paul Gazelka, mm-hmm. state senator, Scott Jensen, a former state senator, physician, and Kendall Qualls, former uh, con- um, candidate in Congressional District 3 and a businessman in private practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about it on the podcast before. He's yes, we have. Take Charge Minnesota. Yeah, so he's yeah. been really strong mm-hmm. on that issue. So those yeah. were the strongest candidates going into the uh, c- convention. Yep. And so how did the convention go? And which candidates end up, ended up being endorsed, Moses? There's a lot of, there's always so much drama. And uh, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the thing yeah. with politics, honestly. It's exhausting sometimes. It is like, exhausting. And it's it's such a horse race. <sighs> and yeah. um, there was, you know, of course, the Democrats, like, the Republicans actually endorsed a candidate, which I thought was a victory. Whereas, uh, but of course, the Democrats released a press release saying chaos at GOP convention. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, there was some drama, but I'm not sure there was chaos. <laughs> This is just how politics works, you know. There's the people have strong feelings, and so with the gubernatorial candidates, um, uh, Paul Gazelka was eliminated relatively early on, which I I was surprised. Yeah, by that. I'm very surprised by that. And then so mm-hmm. so people like uh, Mike Murphy and Neil Shaw, all of these candidates were at our debate um, uh, uh, in December. Um, they actually kept going and it kept going further, and so then it becomes really important for those candidates for them to be courted by the bigger candidates like mm-hmm. uh, Scott Jensen and Kendall Qualls. And they are asking Neil Shaw and asking Mike Murphy, hey, can you? I have your support if and when you drop out of the race. So that's what eventually happened. Mm-hmm. I think both Neil Shaw and Mike Murphy endorsed Scott Jensen, and that helped Scott Jensen become the endorsed candidate after nine rounds, even though Kendall Qualls had actually been ahead uh, up until that point. So, uh, and then for Attorney General, uh, Mike Schultz was Which endorsed. For our audience, can you just explain really quick what Attorney General is? Because I know yeah. we've done a, we, our attorney did a video on this, but just in case. That's right. Yeah. Attorney General is, it's, um, not to mention all these other state offices. Mm-hmm. It falls below, uh, under our radar a little bit, is our state's chief law enforcement officer. Uh, not really in charge of the police as much as, uh, not in Minnesota anyway, more in charge of keeping our sa- our state safe, um, for, uh, for example, from companies that are uh, uh, predating upon Minnesotans, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, uh, filing uh, and defending the state in court if the state is sued, things like that. The current attorney general is Keith Ellison. Unfortunately, he's very pro, uh, pro-abortion, which has been um, really bad. So uh, Mike Schultz was endorsed for uh, the Republican candidate for attorney general. Uh, for state auditor Ryan Wilson 
and for Secretary of State Kim Crockett, uh, which has well, been interesting. Yeah. There's been some so some stuff about her. Tell us about tell me tell our audience about the allegations that Kim Crockett has received regarding some anti-Semitic conspiracy theories? Question mark? Question mark? Yeah. So <laughs> so Kim Crockett. First of all, I never met her, okay. and I want to say uh, I want to say that. Um, uh, we're going to talk about this, but we're not making any accusations. And um, Kim, if you're listening, uh, Ms. Crockett, we would like you to come on the show and you'll you'll have the chance to mm-hmm. explain to our audience uh, what, what you meant by this. Uh, as far as I know, she has not released a statement um, on this. So there was a video. Uh, I believe it was played after her uh, endorsement was made official. And um, at the end of the video, there's this image of the Jewish billionaire George Soros, and he's kind of like a puppet master holding the strings over everything else that's going on. And um, now, George Soros is not a great guy. Uh, He has given billions and billions of dollars to left-wing causes, pro-abortion, etc., etc. And, you know, people, people really dislike him. But so it's okay. It's I'm, I'm very f- totally fine for people to, uh, you know, attack George Soros or any other billionaire who's involved in politics. They <laughs> they are asking to be attacked. Hmm. But this uh, really reminded some people um, of uh, certain tropes that were used by uh, the Nazis and other anti-Semites hmm. to uh, say that basically the Jews are controlling everything since George Soros is Jewish. So uh, the Jewish Community Relations Council of Minnesota and the Dakotas, I had a statement condemning this. Um, and I, wa- I want to say just an hour ago, I saw that the, the chairman of the GOP um, released a statement about this. So he said that um, uh, after, as discussed with the JCRC, I have concluded after talking with Ms. Crockett that the depiction of Mr. Soros was not intended as anti-Semitic and that neither Ms. Crockett nor her creative team were aware that the depiction of a puppet master invokes an old but persistent anti-Semitic trope. So uh, we're giving giving Ms. Crockett the benefit of the doubt uh, and uh, taking her at her word that she did not uh, intend this to be anti-Semitic, wasn't aware of the anti-Semitic mm-hmm. connotations there. It's an unfortunate thing uh, when you're, you, you've been endorsed and it, it should be like this really positive moment, the kickoff for her statewide campaign. Um, and so, you know, I, I hope that she addresses that and is able to, to move forward with her campaign, uh, hopefully pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that's interesting is that uh, before the convention, uh, Scott Jensen chose uh, Matt Burke as his running mate. And Matt Burke is, I should know more, but he's a former football player. Mm -hmm. I think he's a former Viking who lives in Minnesota. Uh, He seems like a great guy. And there was some remarks uh, that he got in hot water over. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about that. So he, uh, again, Scott Jensen's running mate, he's very explicitly pro-life, as is Jensen, actually, um, which is really encouraging to see both having some strong pro-life campaigns um, being the nominations for the Republican Party. But recently, uh, Governor Tim Wall sent out a fundraising email, and in the fundraising email, he takes stabs at candidate Burke. Um, he, he said, this is an email that he sent out. We'll have a screenshot on the screen right here. Breaking in a newly uncovered video clip, Republican endorsed candidate for Minnesota Governor Scott Jensen's running mate, Matt Burke, is seen making deeply insensitive comments about rape victims. Speaking at an anti-abortion event in 2020, Burke says, abortion is not going to heal a rape victim. It will only make things worse. Which is just 
true. I'm Which sorry. is true. And then uh, <laughs> Walls' email go- fundraising email goes on to say, team, with the Supreme Court poised to overturn Roe v. Wade this summer, which it is, it has never been more important to re-elect Governor Walls and Lieutenant Governor Flanagan so that they continue holding the line on abortion rights in Minnesota. And then they do their plea for money. Um, so basically what Walls, the Walls-Flanagan team, Walls is running with Flanagan, their team is trying to fundraise off of abortion, off of the victimization, or off, off of the oppression of women and children. That's what they're trying to fundraise off of. And they're trying to paint uh, Candidate Burke as this bad person for standing up for the unborn. And again, the statement that they pulled from Burke was, abortion is not going to heal a rape victim. It will only make things worse. There's nothing bad about that. And I think that time will really tell to see if Minnesotans are going to get behind this and are actually going to support the Walls-Flanagan campaign with this. I mean, recently I saw a poll sent out by Alpha News, um, and they did a poll on Minnesota- Minnesotans, and they the headline was, just three in ten Minnesotans believe abortion should be legally permitted with no restrictions. So that's a pretty encouraging. Poll- Minnesotans are pretty divided on Roe v. Wade. And I guess we'll see, you know, what happens with this fundraising attempt. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't think that that's a very good look for the Walls Flanagan campaign, personally. And I did some digging just on Matt Burke's position on the pro-life, or or his um, other comments on the pro-life position, because I thought it was interesting just to see exactly how pro-life is he. so one website called abetterminnesota.org, I can have a screenshot again of the article um, right now, but it said it claims Matt Burke will bring a Texas-style abortion ban to Minnesota. In 2013, Burke was exposed for his extreme anti-choice politics and even oh, refused no. to attend a White House event with his NFL teammates because President Obama supported a woman's right to choose. He's vocally anti-choice. And with conservatives in the legislature threatening to bring a Texas-style abortion ban to Minnesota, the Jensen-Burke b- ticket would be catastrophic for reproductive rights. Sounds well, great. <laughs> that's the thing. I read that and I was like, you think this is like this 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 article is making so many good points. You know what? I'm just sitting here like you can reframe the narrative and use these terms anti-choice and reproductive rights, but in reality, what the Jensen Burke ticket is doing is fighting for the most vulnerable. Um, from Burke's website, he talks about how he from his campaign website, which um, we'll have also on the screen right here. He talks about how he knew he was pro-life after cradling his fir- his firstborn son. Wow. Um, and that he has been a pro-life activist for years. He's also Catholic, so his Catholic faith, faith does inform that. It informs him to fight for the pre-born. And he c- often goes to March for Life rallies. And as lieutenant governor, he hopes to drive policy decisions which, quote, will reduce and eliminate the eradication of babies, which predominantly impact the black community in Minnesota. And I think that's a really good point to put on there. Um, And I am glad that he's calling that out because it's absolutely true. And we've talked about that on the podcast before of how Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers do target the black community. I mean, even recently, Planned Parenthood tweeted out, it's statistically safer if you're a black one in America to get an abortion than to give birth. I mean, what's more racist than that, honestly? That's extremely racist. And they've tweeted out lots of stuff like that before. Um, So good on Matt Burke for calling that out. So all in all, it really does seem like a strong pro-life ticket for the Republican Party, which is really encouraging to me. Um, And yeah, I just hope they talk about this issue more because it really is important. And a lot of Minnesotans are watching this issue right now with Dobbs v. Jackson. Absolutely. And as we've discussed, we're talking about uh, the possibility that Minnesota's abortion laws will actually matter, (laughs) that we can take action at St. Paul that would protect children instead of having any pro-life laws we pass be immediately um, made irrelevant by Roe v. Wade. So if that's going away, then um, Scott Jensen's position on abortion 
it becomes much more important. And I will say that we have a voter guide uh, that or we will have a voter guide uh, that we'll put together uh, for the election this yeah. fall. We'll that will have working on it, right? I will and be working on it. Will yep. be working on it too. Yep. So, yeah. so that's something that we do every election, and it's a it's a it's a huge deal. If you want copies for your church, let us know because we provide them for free, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a huge service. We we disseminate thousands of copies every election, and um, where can they go to request that? Uh, right now, there's no place to go to request it, but you can email us, and, and we'll we'll make sure that you're on the list. And now. then soon we will have like a little space on our website to request it, right? Yeah. As, yes, as we elections will. Draw yep. Near. yep. 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 And so we'll not we won't have just the candidates for governor, and but also the candidates for your state senate and state house, and everybody who's up for uh, uh, state elections this uh, this fall. So that's awesome. That's super good. I Honestly, it's helpful even for me. And I've worked on the voter guide several years, and I think I'm going to be working on it somewhat again this year. But even for me, like it's helpful because I can just see, okay, this is how this person voted. This is how that person voted. This is their position on this view. It's it's great. Otherwise, I'd have to go in and like do all the research and put it into a Google Doc or put it into a spreadsheet. So love the voter guide. Um, Moses, going back to the GOV convention, though, what do you make of Mike Murphy, who was another candidate for uh, for governor, what do you make of him calling out Kendall Qualls and calling him, a, what do you, yeah, he called Kendall Qualls a sellout. What do you make of that? And then he endorsed yeah. Jensen. Yeah, so there, there's, all, you know, all sorts of drama here. And right. it's a question of <laughs> politics, a question politics. of who you believe. So Mike Murphy's the mayor of Lexington, Minnesota, uh, running for governor, kind of a small town, um, kind of outsider uh, kind of a race. And um, and he said that Kendall Qualls had offered him the position of lieutenant governor if he would endorse Qualls. Hmm. And uh, Qualls later denied that, and uh, and Murphy said, you're a sellout, and endorsed Jensen. Now, it seems uh, <laughs> from what we can know now that no offer of that type was actually made to Murphy, as far as we can tell. You know, we don't know. Even though he, like, was reading out texts in front of the whole convention purporting to, uh, to prove that hmm. he, some type of offer hmm. was made. But, yeah, that was crucial in, in, in moving people who supported Murphy over to supporting Jensen hmm. rather than Qualls. So it's that, interesting yeah. how close these things ultimately uh, end up being and how they really are chosen by the people who are there in the convention. Uh, the delegates who really get involved in the process, of course, they're not paid to be there. And that's really whatever party you uh, are a part of, get involved at the local level because you will mm-hmm. be um, uh, involved in making uh, really uh, changes that really matter. Yeah, that's a good point. So now I just want to like pose the question, honestly, to both of us of what we think Jensen's chances of winning against Walls are. And I know this is pretty far out, right? Like it's he just got nominated to be the Republican nominee um, for governor. Jensen did. But still, I feel like we can still have a preliminary conversation about this. My first impressions, I will say, like, I've met Jensen in person, and my impressions of him just as a person are great. Like, he's very kind. He's very amiable. He's like a, he seems like a friendly doctor. Yeah, he, because he, he is a doctor. Yeah. Friendly doctor. He um, seems very pro-family. He seemed very interested in my life, too, which was very kind. And I think that's something that's really appealing for those of you that have met him in person. He's just, um, like, the first thing he said to me after being introduced and saying hi was, like, tell me a little bit about yourself, which was, that's really cool coming from a political candidate honestly because yeah. i talked to a few others and it was not that way um so it's cool that he like asked about me and that again brings in like the doctor vibes because i feel like that when i go to a doctor's office they're kind of like how are you doing and so right. it kind of he's very personable is what i'm trying to say and so i feel <laughs> it would be like- so funny if you went into a doctor's office and the doctor came and said grace my lower back really hurts <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny and you're like uh 
well, I'm here to talk to you about my headaches. Yeah. Anyways, so I think he really... Principal you, among them meet, being me, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you meet him in person, I think that he's appealing to... He'd be very appealing to suburban moms, to parents in general, um, and even just to teenagers, honestly, because he has that just atmosphere of, like, caring about you. Um, and I think even being... So he is anti-vax mandate. And I think even being anti-vax mandate does resonate with a lot of parents in Minnesota because they don't want that mandated for their kids. They want it to be an option, but they don't want it to be required. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are some things he has going for him. I think the fact that he is outspokenly pro-life and that's part of his campaign platform actually will won't bite go back to bite him i think it'll actually boost him i think it's good that he's showing his true colors so to speak um because he's going to get that pro-life vote whereas if he hid that down i think people might be a little bit more confused so i think those are some things that are good about him um and he doesn't come across as like trumpian if that makes sense like he doesn't come across as like that brash um tweets out angrily he seems like kind pro-family just um What's the word? Personable. Again, personable. Personable. That's, that's a good across. word. I think so one thing that's interesting is I I think that if you ask people nationally, mm. he's probably more famous than Tim Walls. Because wow. Tim Walls is the governor of Minnesota, which is, you know, cool. And uh, Minnesota is one of the 50 states. But Scott Jensen really became prominent mm. uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic as a doctor who was really skeptical of the mainstream uh, uh, processes. He's skeptical of the vaccines themselves and certainly uh, against mandates. And um, and that, you know, uh, wh- whatever your positions on that is, obviously there are a lot of people who feel that way and were really, uh, were, and he, he had these videos where he was just explaining in the personable way that you alluded to, is explaining his positions and his, mm-hmm. his videos are getting millions of views. Yeah. He's got... Uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of likes uh, of followers on Facebook and so forth. So um, if you look at nationally, he's much more well-known than Tim Walls. That's a really good point. But yeah. uh, the latest polling um, shows that uh, although he is uh, of the Republican candidates, uh, this is this is a poll taken before the convention, he uh, was the closest to Walls in the polls. Uh, I think he was still about six points behind Mm. if the election were held today type of thing. I think it was something like 53-47 or 53-46 in terms of four walls. And um, that's, for a Republican in Minnesota, that's pretty good. Um, What we're hoping, of course, is that those numbers um, would narrow uh, Mm -hmm. for uh, Jensen or – I should. We probably should say that the governor's uh, primary for the Republican um, nomination is not quite done. There's one candidate, Rich Stanek, who has not dropped out, and he was not at the convention. I don't think he's recovering from a car accident. Oh so, wow! How, was it serious? Um, I think and it was relatively the, serious. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so he's the former sheriff of Hennepin County. He's okay. running. He has not announced if he's going to um keep running i think but if he does then there'll be a um a primary later this okay. later this summer so uh whoever the the candidate is we're obviously hopeful for a pro life victory mm-hmm. uh pro family victory and um i think i think we still have uh, the best chance in a, in a generation yeah with with either of those candidates yeah it's been pretty encouraging so Moses can I ask you another question about yeah. the GOP convention um, so there's another race going on, Moses. W- um, tell us what's going on in Congressional District 1 with Jennifer Carnahan. 
Oh my goodness. So actually this technically didn't happen at the convention. Okay. The okay. convention is for the states, the state candidates. <clears throat> uh, Jennifer Carnahan is the widow of uh, Congressman Jim Hagedorn, mm-hmm. uh, who passed away sadly um, a month or uh, two months ago or so. And uh, so there needs to yeah. be a special election to fill his seat. And uh, the candidate is chosen at the uh, congressional district convention. So each congressional district okay. in Minnesota has their own convention rather than at the state convention. Gotcha. And uh, there's three candidates vying, uh, Brad Finstad, Jeremy Munson, and Jennifer Carnahan. Um, Finstad and Munson are both, uh, uh, I guess I would call them relatively um, normal <laughs> conservative people. Whereas Jennifer Carnahan is, um, well, she's the former chairwoman of the Minnesota GOP. And she uh, was kicked out uh, because of the of her friendship with Tony Lazaro, who was a big GOP donor who turned out to be a um, a, a sex trafficker. So that was not good. <laughs> and we covered that in uh, on the podcast last year. Um, so so now Jennifer Carnahan is running to fill her late husband's seat. The drama has really uh, escalated from there because she's been um, she's been sued by her parents. Uh, her her in-laws she's been sued by her sister-in-law and it just seems so clear that um that uh, that her family did not see her as someone who was a good influence in congressman hagedorn's life which is really sad and uh and and she's alleged to have stolen money from the family or not i should say not Mm. paid back money uh that the family uh had lent uh for cancer treatment that was never uh repaid and it's just a really sad situation. And then she is now saying that um, uh, Congressman Hagedorn wanted her to be his replacement and did not want Jeremy Munson to run for uh, for his seat uh, after he after he died. So it's a really it's a very dramatic uh, kind of a sad saga. And uh, the dates are, are coming up soon. So if you live in the first district, which is Rochester, Austin, Albert Lee. Um, uh, the southern suburbs of the Twin Cities, uh, some of them, you'll have a chance to uh, uh, to choose uh, this uh, to choose who is the Republican candidate, and that's coming up soon. So there'll be a special election, I think, in August, and then another election in November. So it's going to be crazy wow. because of uh, the untimely death of Congressman Hagedorn. Mm-hmm. So just an absolutely crazy story, really, and uh, we'll keep you informed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Grace, mm-hmm. as we come to the end of our podcast, I want to restart a feature that we uh, that we had in the podcast a while ago. And I just want to say to our audience, it was my idea to restart it, but Moses is acting like it was his idea to restart That's it right true. now. That's true. <laughs> I miss doing it, too. As soon as Grace suggested it, I was like, I need to claim that this was my idea. Um, so it happens all the time. Just using. <laughs> yeah, but Moses, what are you reading? Oh, okay. You're, you're going to put it on me first. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. I'm reading. I'm reading um, two different books right now. Okay. My wife and I are reading uh, *Tess of the D'Urbervilles* uh, by Thomas Hardy, which is a novel mm-hmm. um, from the 1800s, a Victorian novel, um, and it's a really well-known story. It's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's incredibly well written so far. We're we're not too far in, okay. and then um, on my audiobook right now is uh, called Phineas Redux by Anthony Trollope, mm. which is another Victorian novel, and uh, it's it's about politics. <gasps> um, it, it's a it's a novel about politics in Victorian oh, wow. Victorian Britain. And the book I just finished was called State of Emergency, and it was a nonfiction book about British politics. <laughs> A politician, if I ever did see one, if he runs, ever runs for office, 
we have seen the roots taking place. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I would be more at home in the British system because as a like a historian, that's what I've studied. And yeah. Anyway, um, so, so that's what cool. I'm reading. Um, that's a lot really, of books. Really enjoyable. Yeah. What are What about you? I have to say, Moses, I really like stalking you on Goodreads because you you're always <laughs> reading cool things and they're always unique. For me, okay, so I just got through finals. So what I was reading was I was rereading stuff for finals. So I re- read uh, Basil the Great's On the Holy Spirit. Have you read that? I feel like no. you probably read Oh, it was really good. Wow. It was like on the person of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy, Holy Spirit illumines. Did McLaughlin assign that? No, he did oh, not. Okay. But shout out to James McLaughlin if he ever listens to this. One of my favorite profs. Uh, this was my doctrine professor. So I reread that. Well, I skimmed it for the final because I was pretty Basil sure Basil the Great? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you can get it. <laughs> so I recently skimmed that. And I'm not a systematic theologian, but it still was really good. And now I'm going about to start my summer fiction reading. I love fiction. I do a lot of academic reading normally. Her favorite, but her favorite book is The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks, followed closely by A Walk to Remember. <laughs> well, that's not true. Um, favorite books would pro- favorite books of all time would be definitely Chronicles of Narnia. And yes, I'm a nerdy homeschooler, but it's just so good. It is so not good. Nicholas yeah. Sparks. Um, <laughs> you're making sorry. me sound like I'm. St- <laughs> <laughs> like everyone who listens to this and respects me is now going to be like, mm, unless they Sparks. like Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> Plenty true. of people love Nicholas Sparks. Anyways, I, my plan is to. Read I cried. Him. I cried when I watched A Walk to Remember. It's toxic masculinity. He's interrupting me, putting words in my mouth, and making <laughs> me look a certain way when I'm really not. But I'm about to start rereading Harry Potter this weekend. Yes, I am. Love the series. So nice. good. I'm just so pumped. Honestly, it's so exciting so that's what i'll Those be reading so good um make sure you guys remember to stay tuned for our voter guide we will keep you informed of the facts so that you can stand for truth in the upcoming elections again we will soon have a um whole part of our website dedicated to that but for now if you'd like to request those early you can email moses at mfc.org otherwise thank you so much for tuning into the family beacon podcast i'm grace evans this is moses bratchard and we will see you next week For listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth. Mm-hmm.